All right, let's get it going on a Monday. It is Morning Drive, ESPN 102.5. The game, you saw it yesterday. You heard it again right there in the montage. 14-7, to the Bills defeat the Tennessee Titans. And we got a lot to get to today on the show, boys. The head coach, the offensive line, the kicker, the punt returner, the organization as a whole. Uh, I mean, just a total, absolute debacle. And you, you allowed it to happen again. They tightened again for the third time in five years they lost to a wretched franchise that has scored 15 14 and 13 points a quarterback who was in protocol all week and a pass rush that was non-existent as you can tell i'm a little fired up this yeah. morning yeah, i'm I pissed it, off this morning. i love it you you allowed a pass rush that was non-existent to look like cornelius bennett daryl talley and bruce smith yesterday but i digress happy this, monday <laughs> That Welcome game. to the show, everybody. Yeah, hey, everyone. How you doing? <laughs> well um, done, Kale. That game was just a microcosm of what the Titans have been, what they continue to be, and hopefully, if they, I mean, hopefully they change it, but if they don't, this is what they're going to continue to be. This is a team that relies too heavy on their defense. They're, they got a good defense, but they rely too heavy on their defense. They have no imagination when it comes to – the play calls on a consistent basis. I'm not saying every time, but on a consistent basis, they have no creativity. Um, I think teams, I think for defenses, it's easy to game plan against the Tennessee Titans. I said this to TD when we were in the um, booth yesterday, um, and this was pertaining to the defenses. I said the difference between the Titans defense and the Bills defense. I said the Titans got a really good defense, but, they don't intimidate you. They don't scare you. They just got a really good defense. Guys that do what they're supposed to do, they're in the right place. They're from a schematic standpoint, Dean Pease does a really good job. And those are some smart guys. And they're they're tip ninety-nine percent of the time they're in the right place, doing the right thing. I said the Bills defense, I said they're good, they're intimidating, and they're nasty. That's just what they are. And they're very smart. That's the difference between the Tennessee Titans defense. And the Buffalo Bill defense, there was never a moment in that game where I thought the Tennessee Titans ever had had a grip on what was going on. There was no point in the game. I just thought for some reason, because of the way the, the Bills defense was playing, and granted, Titans defense was playing good too, but the way the Bills defense was playing and how intimidating they were, Titans didn't have a chance at winning that game. And... For all of those that said Taylor LeJuan, when he come back, it will fix the offensive line's woes, <laughs> well, think again. Marcus is going to end up getting hurt again. He is. He's it, been hit entirely a, too many times. It's virtually a miracle that he's not already. Uh, it's also virtually a miracle that Marcus Mariota hasn't turned the football over yet. One, yeah. 22 sacks in he five games. He almost had one and got tipped. 22 sacks in five games, and he has not turned the football over one time. Um, Marcus is, we don't even have to talk about Marcus today. Uh, th- this reminded me of the Colts game to some degree in that you had obvious, oh, the Colts win too. <laughs> you had obvious opportunities to win the game. E- even through all the things that you're saying, Derek, which are true, there, there were obvious opportunities to win the game. Let me give you guys, uh, and this is from our, our uh, esteemed colleague here, Calvin Smith at 102.5 The Game. The Titans, when they are in a situation when they must gain three, four, or five yards for a first down, this year, it's a 75% success rate play. So the Titans 
get the first down three out of four times when they run that play when they need three, four, or five yards to get a first down. Meanwhile, Cairo Santos was 0 for 3, and Mike Vrabel, once again, three out of four games now, or excuse me, three games in a row now, has made sort of a mind-boggling decision on fourth down. His pass catch, Marcus's pass catchers yesterday dropped multiple passes, I think five total drops yesterday, three of which would have come on third down, at least two would have given them the first down. Delaney Walker and Deion Lewis, most notably. The offensive line can't block anybody. Taylor Lewan is being called out by the Bills in the locker room after the game. Um, th- this was this you know special teams mistake again. Like you just th- th- this was di- this one felt different than than maybe even the Jacksonville game where you go all right we're we're on the road. They're inspired. It's a Thursday night. It's a short week. Their defensive line is really great. All right, you didn't play well, but okay, fine, whatever. You know, the Colts, you had the lead. You're going into the to, to the fourth quarter with a chance to win the game and the lead, and then a, and then a and then a couple of mistakes, and you lose the game. This was sort of just mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake. Two touchdowns called back, including a mistake by the quarterback who was a fraction of an inch across the line. I, to me, this was about mistakes. This was about a a not. This was not a tightly run organized game by the Titans and Mike Vrabel in particular and that is now the third time in three weeks that we can say Mike Vrabel what were you thinking on a particular call this was about mistakes and self-inflicted wounds and you know all the things you said Derek are true they still could have won the football game they still had chances to win the game they gave up the one long play to the Bills that ended up you know leading to the game winning score but you had the lead twice it was called back you missed four field goals you gave up five sacks you dropped five Mm -hmm. passes you can't – all of those things taken together, you're not going to win many football games like that. This organization should be ashamed. I'm not even joking. Like, if I was Amy Adams Strunk, like, I would be talking to individuals this morning, like, what in the world is going on? You are the – if there's one thing the Tennessee Titans are, is they are consistently inconsistent. One of the most Jekyll and Hyde franchises I can ever recall having to watch on a week-in and week-out basis where they can look so good at times – and yet so god-awful at other times. And this morning, if I'm Mike Vrabel, if I'm John Robinson, somebody's got to go. I, I, I either need to fire Cairo Santos and cut him this morning yeah, to send a message. I need to, I need to fire Keith Richards, mm-hmm. or Keith Richards, Keith Carter. Might as well be offensive line, be Keith Richards, <laughs> the way they block. Somebody's got to go this morning. Oh, yeah, baby. Yes. Um, no, I, I, it's, either Santos or Carter's got to go. Well, here's the thing. I don't... I'll push back on the inconsistency thing. I think the Bills are very, very good on defense. So I think, yeah, they held Brady to sixteen. They're a good day. How did Atlanta look yesterday? You know, like Atlanta is Atlanta gave up what fifty three to Deshaun Watson. So I think the Titans' their performance last week against Atlanta was about the same as it was this week or the week before. They just happen to be playing the Falcons, who right now are a total dumpster fire. I think when they play against good defenses, good defenses are going to beat them because their offensive line has shown through five weeks. That they are who we thought they are, right? Like they, they are not a good offensive line right now, protecting the quarterback. They can run the ball a little bit, especially against a team that's not as good as Buffalo. Uh, the bot to me, no, they ran the ball well against Buffalo. Well, even I mean, three point eight yards of carry, it was it was solid, but but for Buffalo standards, pretty good. Uh, they they are a good run blocking offensive line when you look at their skill set. They are a terrible pass protecting line, uh, and they've invested what one hundred and forty hundred fifty million dollars in their offensive line. My, my issue is. My issue is if you're going to go from good to great, 
Butch. I don't want to hear that. And anymore. you're going to give us a cliche that you're going to tag. You know, it's the it's the year we go from good to great. Well, uh, this is a good football team. Uh, they're one game out of the wild card. Their quarterback hasn't turned the ball over. They can run the ball. They've got a great defense. Like these are all true things about this team. They're they're a good football team. But, but, you, but you think you, they're a good team? I think they're a good football team. They're but two you, and three. One through fifty. Yeah, they're one game out of the wild card. <laughs> Look at everybody but that, else. That's, in the AFC. That, that's more of that's more of the state of the AFC right now. Maybe true, but again, I think they're a good football team. I don't think they're a great football team. Clearly, because they cannot stop making dumb mistakes. The coach has made dumb mistakes. The kicker made mistakes yesterday. The receiving core made mistakes yesterday. The offensive line cannot protect its quarterback. Uh, again, that you 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 cannot miss opportunities to win games. They should have won the Colts game. They had a chance to win the game yesterday. And when you have chances to win games and you fail because you make mistakes, you are nowhere near a great team. I think they're a decent football team. 1-53, to their roster is not terrible. It's a good roster. But you cannot make dumb, stupid mistakes and expect to win in the NFL consistently. And other teams that don't make those mistakes are going to beat you. And yesterday, to me... Five drop. I, I've rattled off the list. Missed field goals, drop passes, touchdowns called back, bad coaching decisions. You put all that together, and you're just not even close. Not even close. Well, then they're not a good team to go into. Green. Yeah, they're they're they are just like their quarterback. They are a an okay team amongst a bunch of okay teams. Uh, and what are they going to do to separate themselves from the net from the from the pack? The quarterback. Uh, I'm going to start with the quarterback and kind of go down quickly. The quarterback, where whereas he didn't make, he didn't throw any, any interceptions, and yes, he did get sacked, but he doesn't do anything that that win you ball games. That was a because Allen did. Say what you want to say about Allen, he made plays himself to win them that ball game because he had time to throw on both drives. I understand that. But nope, there nobody, were times. Nobody touched him. But there were times where he got pushed in the pocket. There were times he made mistakes, and I'm like, "What are you throwing the ball for?" I think at one, at one point, yeah. Allen was 17 for 21, which is like 81. percent Exactly. So he a lot did, of short passes. He, he yeah, did, no, he sure. he didn't have this. You know, he had more time than Marcus, but he didn't have time. The Titans were getting to him too. But what he did was, when he did have times, when he did have time to throw the football, he made plays to win his team the game. It was because of him and that defense that they won games. Marcus didn't do that, and they need him to start doing that. When all else fails, even if he got to st- and, and I know we don't want him to run no more, and maybe he's a little gun-shy gun running, he got to start just getting out the pocket and doing some things on his own. He's going to have to because this, this offensive line, pass blocking, they're dismal. They are horrible. Many thought when Taylor DeWine came back, Sappho would, would get better. In what damn world? Did people, why would people think that? I've always said, listen, if you are a pro, if you are supposed to be that good, it shouldn't take another man to make you bat that much better. The only time that happens is if you're a wide receiver, you need a quarterback to throw you the ball. And nine times out of ten, a lot of times, a quarterback needs time to throw the ball. But yet and still, when he does, he find a way to, to improvise and get play, make plays. I've known quarterbacks that hadn't had any time in the I, pocket, and they've been able to deliver the ball. When you are a lineman, if they brought you in here and paid you all that damn money at the guard position, I shouldn't have to wait to my Pro Bowl left tackle to come back for you to be good. Oh, and then when he comes back, it seems like he got worse. $44 million for Saffold? 
Um, uh, it's, listen, it's, listen, it's, I, it's embarrassing. I, I don't even want to talk about the quarterback today because he he gave them six drives into the red zone to into the scoring territory and they missed four field goals. So the quarterback did his job. The quarterback got him into scoring territory. The quarterback made one big mistake by crossing the line of scrimmage and, and the touchdown was called back. They had a fourteen to seven lead twice. Both of them were called back. Um, his receivers dropped passes on third and three in the red zone. Delaney dropped a pass on third and six. In, in the red zone, the co- the coach, when they clearly should have gone for it, decided to kick a field goal that's fifty three yards from six from four yards away. How about how about giving your quarterback the Maybe chance to make that Maybe because he doesn't trust play? his quarterback yeah, in the uh, pass catches, you know, or he's clearly shown us he has no clue how to kick field goals and when to decide on fourth down because three games in a row he's made a dumb decision on fourth down in scoring territory. Right, listen, against that team in that game. There were two plays, basically. One drive where Josh Allen was completely untouched and went down the field, and they scored their first touchdown. The other drive, Josh Allen made one big play. And otherwise, Marcus got his team into scoring territory, into plus territory, six times yesterday, and they came away with one touchdown. And in, and none of those really were his fault. So I, I, don't have a, I think the quarterback did his job yesterday. I, I think the defense did its job yesterday. There's a lot of people that did their job yesterday. The offensive line, the receiving core, the kicker, the coach are all the ones that did not. Your reaction, Titans fans, 615-737-1025, 737-1025, the number. Here's what we have coming up this morning on the show. Corey Curtis from News 2 at 7 o'clock. David Ubbin from The Athletic at 8.30 on the Vols from The Athletic. And then our buddy Darren McFarlane will stop by at 9 o'clock on the Preds. The Titans lose. The Vols lose. Vandy loses. The Preds lose. It was a weekend from hell. How was your weekend, Nashville? We're back after this on Morning Drive. You know, I think one Titans fan told me that his his dad sold his, their season tickets because he said the ball was going to break our, break, their, break their heart. And so we have to be better. I mean, that's just what it is. Like, there's nothing. I'm not saying anything that nobody else sees. Like, we have to be better. And that's myself included. Everybody, like, upstairs, coaches, players, everybody has to be better. And and that's got to be consistent. And it can't be, oh, we lost. Well, uh, well, let's be better, and then we win, and then we're like, oh, we're the greatest. It's, it's got to stop. Yeah, it's just, it's getting out of hand. That was Titans left tackle Taylor Lewan yesterday post game in the locker room. Welcome back to Morning Drive, ESPN 102.5. The game seven three seven one zero two five is the phone number. We'll come to your calls coming up in just one second. But, Mace, you pointed out yesterday, because uh, I refused to go to that game yesterday. Uh-huh. You know, like management sent me a text throughout the week. Do you need, do you need a credential for the game <laughs> yeah. on Sunday? I said, no, field goals are more aesthetically pleasing on television. I'll stay home this week. How about, how about missed field goals? Yeah. Uh, I, I was the same. I had the three-year-old's birthday party. Uh, cake, cake ceremony was at 3, 3 p.m., so mm-hmm. to avoid Titans traffic, because uh, we live you have to kind of cross the mm-hmm. Titans traffic uh, river there to get to our neighborhood. And, you know, we had the three-year-old birthday party, so um, no chance when I got the credential text. No, 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 no. Got to take care of the three-year-old. She got a bike yesterday. <laughs> big, big W uh, for, for mom and dad. Felt great about that. We went from good to great yesterday uh, as parents. <laughs> At no least question. somebody is. No question. Yeah. Um, so You I, noticed something, though, yesterday. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm driving in, and, and, and I got there about – an hour. I always did. For me, I gauge the crowd on how quickly it tells me uh, how quickly it takes me to get into the game. Because last year there were some times where you know it took me a while to get in the game, and I go in the game. What well, takes me a while to get across the bridge and everything, and I go in the game. I'm like, wow, okay, there's a lot of people here. Eagles, Patriots. Exactly. I'm like, man, there's a lot of people here. And there be other games where it's take me like ten minutes to get across the bridge, and I'm talking right before the game. I'm like, oh, here we go. Nobody's at the game. Yesterday, 
it was like in the middle. It wasn't a long time, but it, it wasn't a short amount of time. So I figure, okay, it's it's a good decent amount of fans here. It's gonna be but then as you're driving across the bridge, the Shelby Bridge, I believe that that is, you see the upper deck. And you really don't want to judge anything by looking at the upper deck because you know everybody's walking in. And I looked at the upper deck. There's two or three problems wrong here. And I had a friend text me yesterday that was trying to get in the game. They said, this is horrible. Hmm. Getting in this game. They said, is there another way to get in here quicker? I said, no. I said, unless you got a media credential, the answer is no. Unless unless you know have plans to build the new stadium. Absolutely. So I got several phone calls. It's just hard to get in this game. I'm I'm like, okay. So I'm looking at the top deck, and I'm like, man, there's not a lot of people. I'm like, goodness. Okay, this is the problem. So as I come down a Shelby Bridge and I, I, I veer off to the right and I come around to get to Lot M, I just see a throng of just blue and white. And, you know, sometimes you can kind of get it mixed up with Titan colors a little bit, like the old colors. Yeah. And I started to look closer and closer, to, and I saw nothing but Bill jerseys, just like a throng. And so I text you, and I'm like, man, these Bill fans, they show up. Man, they travel. And as I'm going around, as I'm going up the street and around the corner, and I get closer and closer to the stadium, it's just man, you would have thought it was a Bills home game. And you know what? That is damn embarrassing. Okay, that is damn embarrassing. I know I, I got on this soapbox a couple of uh, couple of weeks ago, and I know it was hot, and and and, and people, oh, Derek, it was hot. And I, we even got, I even got a, a email about an individual, and I respect everyone's. You know, if, every, if you got something to say, say it, and I respect it, and I understand it, but we move on. I agree to disagree, but we move on. But a lot of times, hey, listen, it's just my opinion, and my opinion alone, you have yours. We can agree to disagree, and we move on. A couple of weeks ago, it was hot as Hades. So, yes, I can understand. Yesterday, there was no damn excuse, none whatsoever. The weather was mild. Yes, it was a little rain, but the weather was mild. You got your ponchos. The sun's not out. Poncho. And no one, I mean, no one really showed up to that game. There were Bill fans. Every, I commend the Bill fans. I, I really do. I wish we had a fan base like the Bills fans. They, they travel. Because they travel. Oh, yeah. And and you could say, well, the Bills been in four Super Bowls. Da, da, da. That was like 58 years ago. <laughs> Okay, 58 years ago, they went to four Super Bowls. All right, I think O.J. Simpson was on the team then. Don't, don't fact check that. It's just Goodness. true. Goodness, it's, yeah, it's just true. You don't need to fact don't, check. Don't fact check. None, none whatsoever. <laughs> I understand they went to four straight Super Bowls, but they travel. They, they travel to different time zones to jump through flaming tables. Absolutely. They don't care if their oh, team was horrible uh, two years ago. They don't care if they can never beat the New England Patriots. But you know what? They show up and they show out. They try to, they attempt to jump on tables and fall flat on their face. Oh, and, broke his neck. Exactly. And lay there lifeless. Why, no Dude, one else. He looks like he died. A guy <laughs> died. A guy almost died yesterday trying Why, to go no to a Bills game. no one checks on him. Tight fans. Ugh. Listen, I, I know you guys and girls say, when the Titans start winning, I will come. I get oh, that. I, that. Un- I understand. I understand that logic. But listen. This team's here. They're a they're a okay team. Can they be better fans? Yes. But this is your team. It shouldn't be in the fourth quarter where the game's 14-7 and it sounds like a Bills home game. It shouldn't sound like that. There's no excuse. I mean, no excuse. The weather was perfect from the standpoint of it wasn't hot. 
Now, I know yeah, it was raining. Wet. Yeah, it was wet. raining. I get it. But the heat was not a factor. Do you think the Bills fans even noticed that it rained yesterday? They were drunk. <laughs> I don't think they even knew. They, they, still, think, they still think Jim I, Kelly's I, the quarterback. Exactly. You know, I, I am, I'm with you on this, and we'll get to the calls here in just a second. But I, I, I am 100% done with the, with the Titan fan who says, we know when they start slinging it all over the yard and winning 38 to nothing, then I'll start showing up. What, what have Bills fans seen in the last 15 years? Nothing. A, a single playoff game in 15 years. They haven't been a good franchise in, in almost two decades, and, and yet they're buying all your tickets in Nashville, Tennessee. Now I realize Nashville as a city will always face this battle because everyone wants to circle Nashville as the road trip they're going to go on, right? Like, so I get that every other fan base is going to look at Nashville and say, that's the game we're going to go to. Let's buy as many tickets as we can. That's just a thing you're going to have to deal with. But you know what that, has to, you know what that shouldn't inspire? You to be better and more supportive of your team. The idea that this team is largely competitive has been a winning franchise for the last three years, by definition. It, it's it's absurd to me now, and you could tell there was a false start penalty on the second play of the game because the crowd was so loud for the Bills. <laughs> that 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 should never happen in your own stadium. That's like that's like a college thing that happens, like when Nebraska takes over Colorado Stadium or Georgia takes over Notre Dame Stadium, like that. Georgia takes over Vanderbilt Stadium. I, that happens in college. It doesn't happen in the NFL. It's it's. Listen, I get it. Bills fans are great. I, I understand. But what have they had to cheer about for 15 years? So I'm done with the Titans fans. It says, oh, when they give me a great product, I'll start showing up. No, 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 no. If you love your team, you need to show up now because they're scrapping and clawing to try to get into a wild card. They're one game back of the wild card, guys. The season's not over. This this is just one game filled with lots of mistakes, and they're going to be better next week or the second week after that. Who knows? But there's just there's no reason not to be rooting for your team, and and yesterday was an embarrassment. I agree. If you're a Titans fan, six one five seven three seven one zero two five. Kenny in Hendersonville, first up on Morning Drive. What's up, Kenny? Hey, good morning, guys. How you doing this morning? Doing well. good. Good. Two things quickly. One, I always feel with the Titans, and especially with Marcus Mariota, there's obviously the group of anti-Mariota, you know, fans, and then the pro-Mariota fans. I get it. Happens in a lot of cities. My look at Mariota is simply this. When your quarterback's best game as a pro was his first game as a pro, and you're five years into it, I think there's a problem, and that needs to be addressed. And you've got to stop with the, he's a nice guy. I get he's a nice guy. I almost wish he was a jerk, because I think if he was a jerk, <laughs> we'd be... Yeah, but Kenny, 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 Kenny uh, Mariota. Uh, ask him what he thought Mariota did wrong yesterday. I mean, Mariota's the least of anybody's concerns at this point. Yeah. But like the reality is, and also, I mean, I would say Mariota's best game was that come from behind playoff win in Kansas City two yeah, years his, ago. It's like he threw for like 190 yards in his first game. I know he threw a bunch of touchdowns, but like he's had far better games than that. I, that I, I, I literally do not want to talk about the quarterback today. No, like, he, I, he's I, not I, even I, on my mind today, there, honestly. If you want to list things that cost the Titans the game yesterday, you're going to get to seven or eight or nine of them before you get to the quarterback. Uh, I agree. It's, and I'm done with just, him. He, he's not a, he, was not a, he was not a negative on this team yesterday. He's one he, of the few should, positives. He should not be in anybody's crosshairs today. No. And, again, we can. I, I think Vrabel, Mike Vrabel, like, again, he said he learned from the mistake against Atlanta by not kicking the field, to go, field goal to go up three scores. He made this mistake against Jacksonville on – you know, on the ten yard line to not take a field goal in the third quarter, on the first drive of the third quarter, he's chasing points. 
he, he what was it six and a half minutes to go yesterday and he's down by seven mm-hmm. and you're kicking a 53 yard field goal when when the statistics show that your offense is likely to pick up the first down on 75 percent of the time that they run the play what was it fourth and four w- with the kicker already oh for three I, it's and, that, and you're down 14 so even if you make it you still need a touchdown to win I, the game I am that one again just like I don't you just stop and you go. What are you thinking? Dude? I mean, at, thinking? at this at this point, the last three weeks. I mean, Vrabel needs to be in the protocol. I mean, he's coaching like he's concussed. Six one five seven three seven one zero two five. We'll come back. We'll take your calls. Let's get into the head coach a little bit, and then also you're going to hear from the tight end who had some things to say about the kicker. Although the tight end had a drop yesterday that also cost this team. We're back after this here on ESPN one zero two five. Again, I feel bad for him, man. You know. Uh... When you miss them kicks, it's tough, but uh, I think they pay them a lot of money to make them kicks. So at the end of the day, it's what it comes down to. I feel bad for him, man, you know. That was Titans tight end Delaney Walker. He feels bad for Cairo Santos. I don't. I would cut his ass. He'd be gone. He's out. Somebody's got to go today, guys. I'm telling you, if you don't fire the offensive line coach, then you need to fire the kicker. I, yeah, you need to send a message that this is unacceptable. No, mm-hmm. you you got a point. Um, and Delaney, it was mild by Delaney, but I guarantee you um, um, that Delaney was in the car just like a lot, a lot of other guys. I guarantee you what they were saying was, you know, them damn, he has one damn job to do, and he can't make a freaking field goal. That's what they're saying in their cars. That's what they're saying to their wives. That's what they're saying to their parents. That's what they're saying to their friends. He has one job and one job only. Now, the block was different, okay? I get, I give him that. But the rest of them, they're saying he only has one job. We're busting our ass on the field, and he has one job. is to come on the field and kick a field goal. That's all. They pay you a lot of money to do a job. I don't want to hear this, oh, it's a Pressure pack situation. No, they've been doing this forever. It's not pressure pack. Well, they did sign him off the street. So I, no, like, he's been a kicker in the NFL. No, I know, no, no this, this theory they the, signed him off the street. No, he was a good kicker. I believe in in Kansas City or or no, ten, one of the two. He was a chief. He got he, cut. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, this is not. You can say, well, he got him. There's a lot of players that when they get cut, they sit around. There were good players. You, you, you know what? Though, like I, I almost don't really blame him on the 53 yarder. The other three, I do blame him for. I, I blame Vrabel for sending him out there for that, the 53 yeah, yarder. Again, the 53 yarder I blame Vrabel on just because you need a touchdown to tie the game. So I don't ha- like with six minutes to go against the great defense. How many more times are you going to get down into that that territory uh, again on a on a situation where statistically this team is picking up that first down 75 percent of the time? That that's again the number that's courtesy of Calvin Smith. I, I, again, the, the number. If they run that play, if they're trying to pick up three, four, or five yards, they've they've had a success rate of seventy five percent this season through four games. Uh, you're telling me the percentages of a fifty three yard made field goal and then getting the ball and then scoring again is higher than a seventy five percent chance of picking up the first down? You cannot tell me that's the the case. So I, I blame Vrabel on that one. Again, I, we can cut Cairo Santos. That's fine. I'm not just. I mean, he missed he missed four field goals. He's not a great he kicker. Field goals last but he wasn't week a, or the week before. But, like but he's that. not a good enough kicker to have been on a roster. So I don't I don't really this isn't really, this shouldn't be a surprise that the guy who was signed the week before the season started is not good. Like that's that, but I don't not I, a surprise. I don't go with that theory because some guys get cut based upon 
you know, their cap numbers high or the guy, they're a good kicker or a good player, but the guy behind them is younger and he's good too. So you got to make a business decision. I don't look at it from that standpoint. I look at it from the standpoint, listen, this is your job. You've been doing this job a very long time. Okay. So go out there. Y'all know how I feel about kickers. Go out there. You're sitting on the sideline, warming up while everybody else is, again, everybody else is in the fire. They're busting their ass trying to get the ball down the field to score points. And it's up to you, you alone to kick a field goal. Uh, kick a field goal is to get us three points or an extra point. But here's the thing. Maybe, just maybe, Mike Vrabel thought, these damn pass catchers didn't drop three first downs already, so I might as well kick a field goal. I, I can't. Dude, I can't, I can't no, 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 I'm no. telling you, coaches, that's like – this is how they think, man. I still think that's, I'm not saying you're this wrong, but that's still think. the wrong decision. You do your job, and he does his job. Delaney Walker catch the ball on third down, okay? Deion Lewis. Humphreys kept the ball on third down. De- Humphreys kept, I mean, um, 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 Deion Lewis catch the ball on third down, and you won't have these problems. If you're catching the ball, then Mike Vrabel don't think, like, maybe just one, like, uh, they didn't drop too many third down passes. Let me see. Let me kick a field goal. It all works together. So when you're pointing the finger at the kicker, which is rightfully so, you should be thinking, man, I should have caught that pass. It's totally right. But, like, to go with a couple of drop passes and all my great offensive players versus the guy we signed off waivers who's already missed three field goals. We're five games in. That that waiver stuff don't even matter. We're five games in Okay, it doesn't matter. He sucks, and he missed three. He doesn't suck. We were just praising him. him. The first first two or three games of the season, we were praising the guys. We were praising the guy, and now he's missed four or five field goals. Now we say, you know, the guy needs to be cut. With, with Nick. Down, by, down by seven with six minutes to go on fourth and four. Nick, you, you go take for that it. Man's paycheck. I do. The hell with Cairo Santos. Get off my football team. Life is too short for bad kickers. Oh for four. Done. I mean, I was out of vodka. I had no options yesterday. Seven three seven one zero two five. Justin next on morning drive. What's up, Justin? What's up, guys? How y'all doing? It's a little gloomy day out like it was yesterday at the game. Um, I got, I just got one, a 53-yard field goal. The guy had no confidence that he could hit any field goal yesterday, and you throw him out there. I was a little mad at Mike Rabel. I got a question on one of the, in the first half about uh, Marcus when he got that face mask that didn't get called. Could you not challenge that since we're in the business of challenging you know, no, you can't this cha- year. no, you can't. That you can't challenge. Now, yeah. if there was a pass interference on that particular play and it was challenged, then they could go back and look at everything, look at everything that encompasses yeah. right. that play. So they would have looked at, they would have threw a flag, they would have threw a 15 yard flag on, on Buffalo for the face mask. And then whatever the challenge would have been pass interference wise they would have either overturned it or kept it, you know, it would have been upheld. But I think you can only look at plays like that when they're in a pass interference situation where they can go back and look at everything. You know, we did Titans approval ratings, I think, maybe a week or two ago on the show, and we we discussed the quarterback, the general manager, the head coach, and I said of those three, the head coach was the guy that I trusted the most. After a couple of really head-scratching, mind-boggling, numbing decisions, I mean, I think we need to have a legit conversation here on Mike Vrabel. I mean, I would still say I'm above 50% that I believe in Vrabel, but some of these decisions, the last three weeks, whether it's the 30 seconds on the clock with the Colts, the non-field goal to go up three scores two weeks ago, and yesterday's decision to kick a field goal from 53 down seven, 
Uh, I mean, what 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 is the deal with the head coach right now? Yeah, and, and that 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 is fair. I, I have a far bigger issue. Like like I almost. Cairo Santos to me is almost irrelevant now. Like if they keep him fine, if they move on, fine. I don't. I don't care. My issue is the decision making process by the head coach in, in critical situations inside enemy territory with the game on the line. That, like that's what you're paid to do. You're 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 obviously paid to do a lot of things, right? Ma- manage egos and develop game plans and scout and inspire. There's millions of things you're paid to do as a head coach, but one of them is to to. And I think it's kind of cut and dry. There are certainly occasional situations where it's a 50-50 decision, right? Do I go for it? Do I go for two? You know, do we punt here? There's there's a lot of situations where there's some instinct and occasionally it's a 50-50 decision. And, you know, do I challenge a pass interference? 50-50 decision. Those are different. Those are tougher calls. There are obvious decisions when it comes to clock management, when it comes to s- score, when it comes to uh, other situations that have presented themselves that have, in my opinion, been completely black or white and you have just blatantly been wrong uh, not because of the outcome, but because of the, the decision and, and the, the percentages leading up to that decision. If you are up by two touchdowns with 12 minutes to go in a game and you're on the 10-yard line, you kick a field goal to go up three scores. And when you say we're playing to win the game, kicking the field goal is playing to win the game. When it is the third quarter, on the first drive of the third quarter, and your offense goes right down the field in a 14 to nothing game, in the third quarter, you and the 10-yard line on fourth and six, you take the field goal to cut it to an 11-point game. Y- yesterday, when you're down seven with six minutes to go on a short fourth down, you don't kick a 53-yard field goal when your kicker has missed three field goals. It, it is just, it, it is, they are terrible decisions, and it is the first time in over a year that we've looked at Mike Vrabel and said, those are not good decisions. 615-737-1025, the number. If you want to jump in on the conversation, your thoughts, Titans fans, 737-1025, if, if you even care at this point anymore, because we're now at a point where it's back and forth every week with this team. You heard Taylor Lewan say it. Oh, we lose a game we shouldn't, we win a game we shouldn't, and we give it right back, and then we do this and we do that. Most Jekyll and Hyde franchise I've seen in a long time, Mace. Yeah, they're it. they are. Um, and... You know, you, you almost want it to be one way. Either you're really good or you're really bad. So at least when we walk in the stadium, we know. You don't know what you're going to get. Um, Who's walking you know, in the stadium? Yeah, Bill fans. <laughs> um, but you don't know what you're going to get. And that's the disappointing part about it. Um, because, again, they do they have good, some good players? Absolutely, they have good players on this team. But these good players don't consistently play the way they need to be playing. Um, you know, and – they allowed, you know, a guy that was in protocol all week to make plays and win, win the Buffalo Bills the game. And then they all allowed a defensive line to just basically – they basically just manhandled the offensive line. They came in and took their lunch. Took their lunch, sat down and ate it in front of them. And it wasn't even like – it wasn't even like covered sacks. Either. No. There were no covered no. sacks. It was – Roger I mean, Sa- even, Roger though they did, even though they did, um, they did play good coverage. And that's a that's another thing that I want to get to a little bit later. But the whole the receivers and and the coverage, I, there's just something really really strange about that whole thing. But, but when Roger Saffold gets beat on the first step, <laughs> like I'm not talking about like okay, you you forced him to pass mm-hmm. block for three and a half seconds, and that's unreasonable. Like forcing a guy to cover a receiver for three and a half seconds, that's unreasonable. It, no, when when Lorenzo Alexander takes one step and spins around you and jumps on your quarterback in less than a second. I'm sorry, you've failed. 
<laughs> as an offensive lineman. And he wasn't the only one. There was a lot of them like that. Seven three seven one zero two five. your Titans calls. Back after this on Morning Drive. All right, welcome back into Morning Drive, ESPN 102.5. The game, Nick Braden, D-Mace Marquise, trying to make sense of another Titans agonizing defeat yesterday, 737-1025. The number, Corey Curtis, will join us coming up at the top of the hour from News 2. Uh, right now, your phone calls. We welcome in Kenny, the mailman, who's here to deliver on a Monday. What's up, Kenny? Fellas, how y'all doing? Doing all right. Let me tell you a story. It might make your blood boil, but y'all were talking earlier about all the Buffalo fans at the game and how upset it is not to have a lot of Titans fans there. Yep. Uh, this is a Titans fan. When I go, I don't sell my tickets. We jump up and down, stay the whole game. Uh, I went to the ticket office to buy the five-ticket plan for me and my whole family to give good Titans fans there to cheer, and they wouldn't sell me tickets. Do you know why? Uh, no. Uh, I don't have an iPhone, and they explain they are not printing tickets out anymore. That for my safety and security, I had to have an iPhone to buy tickets. And I said, well, I spoke to three different salesmen. This wasn't just a mistake. And they said, well, if I want to buy tickets, go buy an iPhone and come back. And yeah, you, 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 you know what's funny Android, is I have, a, I have a friend who works in the New York media, and he is a Jets fan. And at MetLife Stadium for the Jets and the Giants, you they no longer print paper tickets. You have to have them electronically, either mm-hmm. showing through with an email on your smartphone mm-hmm. where they scan the barcode, or you have an app. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the Titans, if that if that story is true from Kenny the Mailman, and that's the only way you can get in. But if it is, I mean, I'm sorry, not not everybody has an iPhone or, or a Galaxy. Yeah. You're I mean, right. what if you have a Nokia, Nokia flip phone? Well, I want to say I want to say seventy five percent of Americans have smartphones, so there's still a large chunk that do yeah, not. Yeah, but you got to have a mechanism in place where for those that don't have smartphones, uh, or for some that don't like bringing their phones with them, they just leave them at home or leave them in a the car because they want to have the experience of just being at the game. You got to have a way where they can still purchase a ticket. I mean, anything can happen. The computers can crash, the phone can crash, anything can happen. And if you don't have a mechanism in place where, you know, these individuals can still buy a ticket and get in the game, then shame on you. I don't know if that is indeed the case or whatnot. That's not my expertise, no way, no how. But if what he's saying is true, Kenny, what he's saying is true, then, you know, shame on you know, whoever is in control of the ticket thing because there should be something in place where if a fan wants to buy a ticket at the box office, they should be able to buy a ticket. Yeah, and I got to believe with, like, you know, people scalping tickets and selling them outside the stadium, there's got to be still paper tickets that are given out. You right? You got I, a point I mean, there. I, again, if 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 to me that's a and, and I. This is one of those situations where you need to have somebody on the ground that's going to solve a problem, like exactly. in, in, the, exactly. in, in, in the moment, and just say, "Listen, you're you are standing here with an ID at our ticket window, buying a ticket from us. There is what's the harm in me selling you this? Like, especially if he's about to walk into the stadium, mm-hmm. right? Like, I at, at some point there there has to be a mechanism in place because again, while smartphones are are we do feel like they're everywhere. And they are largely everywhere. Mm-hmm. I want to say there's still again. I'll, I'll check the numbers. Don't so don't quote me on this. I want to say it's between twenty and twenty five percent of Americans that still do not have smartphones. So there's still plenty of people that don't have it, and that's a large chunk of the population. And if they want to go to football games or sporting events, they need to be able to go to games, especially if they're going to pay their money and 
go to a game. Seven three seven one zero two five. Tyreekus is next on Morning Drive. What's going on, Tyreekus? Yo, 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 what's up, what's up? I mean, I'm sorry, how you guys doing? How you guys doing? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, first off, everybody know me, I'm Tyreekus. I'm the guy that was talking about Marcus Mariota trading for a block of cheese. Okay, I'm not big on Marcus Mariota, but I got to say, Sunday, Marcus Mariota didn't lose the game for us. I mean, to be honest, he's a, he, he managed that game like he does every other game. My thing is the coaching. We got a – I coach is very dangerous, man. I think this guy – this guy can lose us any game. Like, this is what I'm saying. After the first missed field goal, we blame the field goal kicker. After the second missed field goal, we blame the field goal kicker. After the third missed field goal, we like, uh. After the fourth field goal, we like, all right, man, come on. You got to – because my thing is, wasn't the fourth field goal farther than all the field goals that he tried to kick at yes. first? And yeah, it was. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. All right. <laughs> no, you're spot on, Tyreek. It's, it's on the coach at that point. Yeah. I, Can't send I think, him out. I think the coach, just like he did with Jackson, when Jackson fumbled the ball, after he had made a few mistakes before then, he fumbled the ball. He said, I'm just going to put Humphreys back there. And at least I'm going to get somebody that can catch the football. And what happened? Um, <laughs> and, and even that screwed up. And he can't even feel the point. I know. It's I mean, it, it, the, one on, the, the fumble wasn't his fault. That had that had, that was not his. The fault. guy that not, got pushed into him. Yeah, that, that was not Humphreys' yeah, fault. True. Now Humphreys can say pull, pull, pull. What what we usually say if there's a fair catch and and and, and the punt's a little short, you scream pull, so everyone knows to kind of back up. I call a fair catch, so get out the way. He could have yelled that. He probably did yell it, but it's up to the blocker then to hear and know what's going on. That is no way, no how, um, to me, Humphreys' fault. It's the blocker's fault. Like, dude, you got to know what's going on. You got to hear if he is indeed making the call. Now, if Humphreys didn't make the call, then okay, that's a different problem. But if Humphreys made the call, then it's up to the the blocker to hear it and pull off. And he didn't. So I don't blame Humphreys for that at all. It's a guy that was getting, you know, pushed back into him like he was on skates. Um, That's just how the offensive line was blocking yesterday, like they were on skates. Um, So, but that's, again, it's a whole different problem. But. I mean, but to the la- to the larger extent yeah. with the special teams, though, this the one third of your football team is a major liability. They can't return punts. They can't catch punts. They can't make field goals. You know, it's a third of the game, and they stink on special and, teams. And they have the best kicker, or the best punter, maybe yeah, in the entire punter. NFL. Right? Um, no, and, and listen, this is this is one of those where we saw the suck up injury and the knee surgery news, and we were all like, oh, okay, it's not going to be an issue. I'm not going to pay attention to it. It's going to be fine. He's going to be okay, and then he's not really kicking in the preseason. He attempts like one or two field goals, and then all of a sudden you're kind of going, wait, wait, hang on, wait a second. What? And then they sign a guy off the you know, off the streets in the week one. You're going, oh, okay, this isn't and, – and now you look up and, and you're 0 for 4 in a game where you lose by one score. You know, um, Again, I just checked the numbers. Six, of the last six possessions, Mar- the offense, Marcus and the offense got inside the Bills' 35-yard line. Uh, six of their four of their final six possessions, they were inside the Bills' thirty-five yard line. Three missed field goals. So for for six straight possessions, worst case scenario, you have a fifty-two yard field goal for six straight possessions, and you came away with zero points. Yeah, and, and the bigger problem is the missed field goals from like the Buffalo thirteen and the Buffalo fifteen, I mean, which is an extra point. You're talking about extra points that, that should have been made there, and if that happens, you're, it's fourteen, thirteen. Yeah. On the final possession, and again, and at that point, you know, then the field goal actually does make sense for Vrabel to kick the fifty-three right. yarder because he would have had a chance to win the game, but you didn't because 
again, the offense could not – again, pass catchers, coaching decisions, field goals, offensive line. Uh, that, 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 that quartet right there is where I look at yesterday and I go, you've got to eliminate those mistakes. If, you're gonna, if you expect to compete for a wild card, which, again, they're only one game back, you, you've, got, you've got to correct those mistakes. It is correctable moving forward. I don't know how you fix the field goal thing. I don't know if you can fix the offensive line thing. I don't know how you do that. Lawan will certainly get better as as he gets back into game shape, but I don't know how you what do you just fire you just cut Santos and go sign another guy off the street? I mean that's not gonna be how do we know that's gonna be any, any better? Nah, I guess he, you just take chances on kickers and hope you find a guy who's really good. I don't I don't know. Nashville SC's offering guys. Yeah, you, you keep Santos in until Suckup comes back. Um that's I mean, that's what you do and, and you hope you're not in a position where you gotta kick those field goals again. But listen, it's if you don't want to kick a kick and field goal, then you score a touchdown. That's basically what it comes to. You had an opportunity to score touchdowns. You cross the line. You have penalties. Those things kill you in games like that. You got to score when you have opportunities to score. Touchdowns. And the Titans had several opportunities to score touchdowns. And they just, they, whatever, when they got in the red zone, they just kind of froze the, up. The, the Bills had four trips inside the Titans' 40-yard line. Or, excuse me, three trips inside the Titans' 40-yard line. They had 10 possessions yesterday, and three times they got inside the Titans' 40-yard line. Twice they scored touchdowns. The Titans missed almost all of their opportunities in those situations. We will kick off hour number two with our buddy Corey Curtis from News 2. That's coming up next, and then we'll get back to your calls. 737-1025, hour two, a morning drive coming up next.